Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 623, air date May 19th, 2020. We'll be starting in two minutes. Everyone wait one second. All right, hello everyone. Michelle, can you get me the the iPad, please? Because I'm yeah. right here. Here we go. Okay, thanks. Um, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. We're going to start a very quick uh, video today on hydroxychloroquine. It's um, it's been in the news again. Uh, I did a video on this earlier, but I thought I'd do a little more detailed one today, really just focusing in on that and its advantages um, and its benefits. So we're just going to let other people join in. I'm going to start up. Um, I'm going to start up. Uh, hey, Michelle, can you do this for me? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to run out of battery pretty soon, but it's going to be a short video if you can help out. Okay. But I only have 5%. I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay. Just let me. Okay. I'm starting here on Instagram. All right. So who do we have joining here? We have North Carolina, Canada, Alberta, Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, someone remembers me when I came to India, gave a talk on innovation. It's great to hear from you. I will need your help when I'm, because it says only about 5%. So, all right, we'll wait. So uh, before we start to everyone joining in, everyone knows that I'm running for United States Senate in Massachusetts. You know, in uh, we have actually uh, two elections here. You have to have a primary election, um, and then you have the general election. The primary election is in September first, and um, that'll occur all over Massachusetts. And we have the general election. Just briefly, in case people want to understand the what we're doing and uh, part of why we're running. One of the key reasons that I'm running is because I believe that we need to move beyond left or right, beyond Republican or Democrat, beyond pro or anti. I think we need to all start taking what I call a systems approach. Uh, when you take a systems approach, which means you really try to understand the interconnections among things, there's principles of systems thinking. And when you take a systems approach, you can really start identifying what the real problems are and the real solutions. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, the medical doctors do not learn this approach when they go to medical school. They study things as parts. Engineers understand this approach. Plumbers understand this approach. Electricians understand this approach. Landscapers understand this approach. Uh, people who build business and entrepreneurs understand this because we have to manage multiple things. A mother understands this approach. Anyone who has to take care of their house understands this, that it's not any one thing. It's the interconnections of things. So one of the things that we want to do as a part of our campaign is to really educate people on a systems approach to looking at the world because from a systems approach you can really start identifying the truth and you can make sure that you don't you don't get bamboozled so if people go to our uh, the website shivaforsenate.com you have the opportunity to really uh take to to, to essentially uh have an opportunity to take um, a journey through systems because when you support the campaign 
in whatever way you can. Um, there's a really cool book that I am giving to people called System and Revolution. And System and Revolution, is about you can read it in about two or three hours. Um, it's a book that really uh, details to you what is a system. You start understanding uh, the, the, um, the nature of all kinds of systems. And you also start understanding what is a revolution and how, how, how a uh, system change uh, is what I define as a revolution. So system and revolution is basically taking 50 years of my knowledge, uh, MIT knowledge, and putting it into a framework that anyone can understand. And it also uh, comes with an accompanying tool called Your Body, Your System, which everyone should also take advantage of, because Your Body, Your System takes the uh, ideas of systems, um, science, and then applies it to your own body and uh, to understand it as a system where you can understand that everything in the universe has a set point or a natural system state where it likes to be. In this case, you answer a set of questions, you can find your body set point, your body system state denoted by that red circle. And everyone has a red dot in a different location. The black dot denotes um, the deviation from you, which means you're not behaving how your system wants to behave. And then you can figure out how the right inputs can bring you back to you. But anyway, the, the point being that if you take a systems approach to understanding the body, you have a, a unique opportunity to use those principles to frankly understand anything in nature. And most of my life, um, separate from running for Senate, I'm a scientist. And as people know, I run a company called Cytosol. Systems Health is a different company. And, and we really try to teach people how the body is a system and to use those principles to actually understand um, the nature of all systems. So if you look at if you look at the immune system, which we've talked about, and there's many lectures I have on truthfreedomandhealth.com, you can go look at it. But the immune system is composed of many subsystems. And one of the aspects of the immune system is to be able to deal with when a virus comes or a pathogen comes to make sure that the immune system reacts uh, properly to that and, and reacts in such a way that it knows how to handle that virus in a very um, uh, well-orchestrated way without the system essentially overreacting uh, and, uh, and um, being able to uh, properly handle that virus um, you know, um, attack on the body. So what we're gonna walk through is, first of all, I did it earlier today, but I'm gonna walk you through First of all, what is the pathogenesis of a virus, particularly the COVID-19 coming in, the four-step process that a virus goes through, uh, where it's using your cellular machinery to seize control and replicate itself. And then we're gonna talk about how hydroxychloroquine, everyone knows uh, the president has come out and said that he's taking it. So part of the lecture here is to review some concept, but to summarize, where what are the benefits of hydroxychloroquine? And then what are some of the risks about it? And then also hydroxychloroquine should be taken with zinc. And I'll, I'll also talk about that. That's right, yourbodyyoursystem.com. Those people are outside of the United States just to make sure you don't, you can't donate to a federal campaign. If, you, if you're interested in your body, your system, go directly to yourbodyyoursystem.com and you can get it right there. And by the way, if you can't afford the 25 bucks, we're offering scholarships. We wanna make it accessible to anyone. Here in Worcester, that's great. We have people in Massachusetts. By the way, anyone out there who knows people in Massachusetts, please let them know that I'm running for Senate and that they should vote for our campaign. 
uh, people can go right to the website and also volunteer. If you're outside of Massachusetts, you can volunteer. You can volunteer inside Massachusetts. But fundamentally, our campaign is all about truth, freedom, and health. So let me um, go over here and we can start looking at, I want to first of all educate you on what happens when a virus comes into your body. And this is from a, um, this is not my diagram. So to give credit, this is from a site called Chemistry Views. And it's a nice diagram, but it shows the four part process that happens when a virus comes into your cell and tries to take it over. As I mentioned earlier, um, a virus is like a thief. Um, and and th think about the thief coming into your home, stealing your home, getting into your home, and then using your um, your own, uh, let's say you have a, 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 you happen to have a, an interesting Xerox machine in your home that can replicate humans. So the thief comes in, throws himself on your Xerox machine and replicates multiple copies of the thief and then leaves to go infect and essentially steal other homes, okay? That's what a virus tries to do. A virus tries to come into your cell, use your cell's machinery, its Xerox machine to replicate itself and then leaves and then goes and replicates itself over and over again. So one of the parts here is that you wanna keep the viral load down at any point. You know, uh, we all have about 380 trillion viruses in us, about 60 trillion bacteria. The issue is what is the load of any one of those viruses? You don't wanna have the load go high. We probably all have pretty much all sorts of viruses. The issue is what is the load of those viruses? Um, you can just hold that setting, Michelle. Thanks. So the goal is um, if we can keep the viral load low, then you know your body's not constantly fighting something and compromising its immune system or distressing its immune system. So let's walk walk through this. I'm going to walk you through this in a very very uh, pedantic manner, which means in a very slow way, so everyone gets this. Because um, if you can get this, it's going to be very valuable for everyone to really uh, educate others. And part of the goal here is learn, teach, and serve. You learn, you teach other people, and you serve. Someone asked, "What about cannabis?" I will be doing a whole lecture on cannabis. Cannabis, by the way, is not just cannabis. Cannabis includes both, both a THC and a whole bunch of CBDs, but we'll come back to that. But what you're seeing here is that here's a virus. The pink is a cell, one of your cells. The virus tries to get into your cell. That's the first part. It wants to get in. After it gets in, it replicates itself, replicates its DNA or what's called specifically its RNA, its blueprint. And then it reassembles itself and, and it transports itself. It's really a four-part process. Let's walk through this each carefully. The first part of it is a virus wants to enter. That's what it's doing right here. It lands on your cell's surface, what are called receptors, and it locks into those receptors, as you're noticing here. And this locking in of the spike proteins here literally lock into the receptor. In the case of the COVID-19, the receptor is what is known as the ACE2 receptor, like ACE, like we're playing cards, uh, the ACE of diamonds, it's the ACE2 receptor. So what it does is it locks in here, and in order to do this process, there's a chemical process called glycosylation. You don't need to know what that means, but fundamentally the virus lands into that uh, receptor and it needs to get glycosylated, and from that glycosylation process, it's able to enter the cell as you're seeing here. So it comes in, it uh, interacts with the AC2 receptor, glycosylates, and it enters into your cell, okay? That's step one, okay? Step two, if we go back here after it's in, 
it now starts using your own ribosomes, the DNA machinery of your own cell to replicate itself, okay? Or, or the chemical machinery of your cell, not the DNA machinery, but the uh, ribosomal machinery to replicate itself. And to look at it a little bit closer, I'm just sort of zooming in on this diagram. See, inside the virus is the RNA. The RNA is the blueprint of replicating itself. So the thief here enters and then he uses this blueprint on the ribosome. So you have a, a structure within your cell called the ribosome. And the ribosome is your cell's um, D, um, Xerox machine to put it sort of in colloquial terms. So this little green piece here is the RNA, which was coiled inside that virus. Um, and once it enters, it attempts to um, replicate that. And as it's replicating here, what you see it's doing here is that it replicates pieces of itself, and then these are ready to be assembled. Um, would you please, uh, someone said, I don't mean to interrupt, but would you please give your opinion on the actual vaccines in general? Thank God. God bless you. Sure, we can do that. Um, so this replicates the, the RNA, okay? So that's the second process that takes place. The next process is after it's replicated the RNA, it has to reassemble itself. And that's what we're seeing right here. Here is the virus replication process, taking the RNA, putting it back into its structure and reassembling it, okay? That's step three. And then the last step is it must then transport itself out. And that's what you're seeing here. The virus transports itself out. So that's the four part process. Enter through glycosylation, replicate the RNA, assemble it, and then leave. So that's a four-part process, okay? I hope that's clear. Now, um, I want to move on to talk about what is hydroxychloroquine. Some of you may have heard, uh, uh, the, when you see the Q in there, uh, not the QAnon, but the quinine, uh, hydroxychloroquine, some people have said, oh, isn't that like quinine, which is the stuff that comes from the bark of a tree, which is also used in tonic water. And I'm gonna let you know it's similar, but it's not the same. And then there's chloroquine, and then there's hydroxychloroquine, okay? Uh, there's, you got it, Michelle? Yeah. There's two different, um, there's three different structures here. So um, if you study organic chemistry, which is a great, great science, I love organic chemistry, wish I had more time to do that, but just to let you know, this is what that structure looks like. So you have an understanding of what we're looking at, the chemical structure of um, quinine, okay, which is this structure, which is, comes from the bark of that tree, which people in uh, you know, places like Africa use uh, for treating malaria. Then you have chloroquine. Um, Michelle? Yeah. Um, it's a little bit, yeah. Uh, your chloroquine, which is this structure here, um, which is a version of hydroxychloroquine. Some people say you have to be careful it's a little more stronger. So over here um, is what you see here. Is that my phone? Yeah, yeah, hold this yeah let me hold it for a second. Um, so what you see here is that the hydroxychloroquine looks a lot like chloroquine. You can, if you know a little bit of chemistry, this is um, a ring structure. You have the hydrogen, the nitrogen. But you notice right at this point, the difference between hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine is literally has this hydroxy group, okay? 
That's why they call it hydroxychloroquine. OH in chemistry is called a hydroxyl group. So hydroxychloroquine has an extra OH group, which the chloroquine does not have. And if you look at the scientific literature, it says the hydroxychloroquine is less toxic um, than the chloroquine, okay? So this is, this is what we're looking at. This is the structure of the molecule. So let's now look at what hydroxychloroquine actually does. How does it benefit? Well, remember we talked about the virus entry. What, what hydroxychloroquine does, you can see right here, it's actually inhibiting the glycosylation process. So inhibition of glycosylation of the AC2 receptor and spike protein and the inhibition of the viral particle binding uh, to the AC2 receptor. So basically this attachment here uh, reduces the ability for the virus to enter. So hydroxychloroquine stops what's called the glycosylation process. So that's one of the important things it does. The second thing hydroxychloroquine does, it's got multi, it's, it's a pretty cool molecule. The second thing it does, it inhibits viral replication. Remember the Xerox machine piece? Well, hydroxychloroquine uh, inhibits the, the replication of the, the RNA. Now, one of the important things, it does this really well when you have zinc in there. And zinc um, is interesting. Zinc is a, a, a mineral which actually can go into the cell because of hydroxychloroquine. So hydroxychloroquine is what's called an ionophore. It allows um, the ion of zinc ion to be transported into the cell because of hydroxychloroquine, okay? So again here, um, zinc is one of the important things that's valuable to be used with HCQ, and that's one of the treatment models that people propose. The third is it inhibits the viral assembly. So not only is it doing this, but it also stops the assembly of the virus, okay? And the next is hydroxychloroquine also gets here and it stops the new virus particle transport and, and sending it out. So it inhibits viral transport. So at minimum, just to cover, let me just go back here. It inhibits the virus entry, stops glycosylation, it stops viral replication, it stops the, uh, the virus assembly, and it stops the transport out. So in a very, very interesting way, it's really stopping four things in this process, okay? Now it also adds to, it also has some other benefits. One is it inhibits a cytokine storm. And this comes out of some recent work which shows that it inhibits inflammatory cytokines. TNF alpha is one of those cytokines. It disrupts cellular iron homeostasis. It inhibits the inhibition of the TNF alpha mRNA expres expression and its inhibition of the pre-translational stage. Bottom line, it has an effect in essentially um, uh, so, or supporting immunomodulation so you don't get the cytokine storm. And it also attenuates the inflammatory response. Now, so those are all the great things about it. So in summary, what it does is it's making sure the virus can't get in. If it gets in with zinc, it's stopping the replication. It's also inhibiting the reassembly and the transport. So that's four cool things that it does. But in addition, it actually stops the cytokine storm and it lowers inflammation as you can see in the diagram over here. Let me go over here. Yeah, so as you can see here. So it's really stopping multiple things and this is why people believe, and you know, it's been, the, uh, it's been used in malaria as an anti-malarial. So those are all the positive benefits. 
Remdesivir, you know, which, which the drug we talked about, only does one thing. It really inhibits the viral replication. You can see hydroxychloroquine hits many, many, many subsystems from a system standpoint. Well, what are the negative things about it? Well, uh, unfortunately, it does have a, a number of side effects. And those side effects, some people um, can decide to go with it because they may, see, they may think they're not that bad. So for example, it causes blistering and peeling. I mean, there's about 60, uh, 60 different side effects, okay? Difficulty seeing at night, to diarrhea, dark urine, um, loss of urine, low, lower back pain. I mean, you can just take, if you wanna take a snapshot of this, but there's lots of little, and what some people may consider, uh, depending on your condition, um, maybe extreme side effects. That's why I keep saying the goal here is not one size fits all medicine. The other, the, the most important thing is personalized and precision medicine. People can look at this and decide if this is the right thing for them. But you can see some people may be fine with a little bit of nausea or nightmares or nervousness um, or dry mouth, but it does have a number of side effects. I also wanted to say that it's important uh, in the HCQ treatment or the hydroxychloroquine to take it with zinc because zinc inhibits, this is a piece of literature that's done about 10 years ago, zinc actually inhibits the RNA replication process, but hydroxychloroquine, one of the important things is it allows zinc to be transported along with it into the um, cell. So anyway, that's really the key takeaway. So hydroxychloroquine um, does have a number of side effects, but it has multiple ways in which it goes and inhibits the viral replication modulates the cytokine storm and lowers inflammation. So there you go. This is gonna be a short one, but we can take some questions, Michelle. Let me just, can I, can you just look here if there's any question? Yeah, I can, it's okay. I can see it right there, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not sure what these people are saying. Please, someone is here who, some of the people are saying it needs to be blocked. We may need to do that. Uh, does a virus just attach to random cells in the body? How does it transport to the lungs? Um, yeah, so uh, that's a good question. So look, the, when the virus, when viruses come in or any pathogen, there's many, many cells that are involved in the innate immune system to try to take out that virus. You have, you have the initial virus that comes in uh, or the initial pathogen and the innate immune system attempts to take out that uh, virus by, uh, or the pathogen by using uh, macrophages, neutrophils. There's many, many cells involved in that. If, if it doesn't make it through that process and you have your interferon system, and then you have your adaptive immune system, you also have your microbiome, you have a number of subsystems that are involved in here. But the virus particles, many of them, and they differentially land in different parts of your tissue. So for example, the polio virus particles go into your myelin sheath, right? In your spine. And so when your body, if it's, an, if it's an overreactive dysfunctional immune system, it goes and attacks itself. You know, and that's where you get the paralysis. In the case of the coronavirus, it goes and essentially lands itself in the lung epithelial tissue. And that's why your body uh, in the weakened and dysfunctional immune system is attacking that, pro that area. If it's a Ebola, for example, the virus particles go land in your arterial endothelial near your heart and your arteries. And that's why your own body attacks itself and you start bleeding from inside. I hope that answers that question. 
drug interactions with chloroquine and where you can find it linked to research. So you're asking chloroquine, just want to make sure chloroquine is different than hydroxychloroquine. Just to review that, so we can go back here so people aren't confused. Chloroquine is a much more stronger form than hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine is actually more easily accessible, but you can see in the structure, if you look at the chemical structure, everything looks the same except you have this hydroxyl group over here. Okay, I hope that's clear. Let me see what uh, questions we have over here. Um, we're getting questions, I'm, I'm looking at Instagram here. Uh, yeah, zinc gets forced into the cell nicely with, uh, let me go back here, that's right. Let me go back here, yes. Zinc, yeah, that's absolutely true. So zinc, no, zinc gets forced into the cell nicely with HQC, yes, HCQ mean, hydroxychloroquine, yep. What else do we have here? Masks, we're gonna be doing a whole thing on masks tomorrow. I will give you my opinion from an engineering standpoint, why wearing those masks, how it affects your cavity and your nasal cavity, and then we'll talk about it from a very practical standpoint if this actually even works. All right, if there isn't any more questions, we're gonna, um, we're, this evening, we're gonna have people joining us, uh, working people from Massachusetts, talking about the incredible problems that they're suffering with their businesses being shut down and what's going on and how much it's devastated them. We're gonna uh, do a follow-up to our conversation yesterday. How do we prevent this from happening again? That's what we'll be talking about. Where's a good place to start learning systems-based approach? Great question. Uh, who is Lecky is asking that. Look, if you wanna learn a systems-based approach, two things is I've created a whole institute called Systems Health. And maybe I'll go over there, let me just stop here. If people wanna take, start learning about a systems-based approach, um, I have an entire educational institute. We've trained thousands of people through this institute. So if you have the time, you can go there, learn more about systems health. Let me take you over there to it. And it's called systems health. And one of our goals here is to really create leaders to ignite a systems revolution for truth, freedom, and health. And we have a whole bunch of systems health courses in fact, there's a educational program where you can learn the fundamentals of systems theory, modern systems biology. I think you guys can see this here. Yeah, here it is. And you can also um, learn about your body, your system. They're interconnected. Then we also have an educator program where you can yourself learn to become a systems um, teacher and trainer. So we've done this for probably about the last 10 years, and um, we want to make it accessible to more people. So that's where you can learn about systems health and systems thinking. Functional medicine, yep. Well, functional medicine in many ways does not understand systems theory, okay? It's typically sort of Rev 2.0 of modern medicine. It's a little bit better, but it's not based on an engineering systems approach to the body. Once recovered, does a virus leave the body? So here's a good question. Does a virus leave the body? Um, well, you will always have remnants of viruses within you. The issue is, does, did your body create a, a, a response and create a memory that if ever sees that virus again, it can handle it? And is your immune system boosted? So I wanna really emphasize this to people. The goal is not, is the virus or the pathogen gonna kill me? That's not, it's, it's sort of the wrong question. The question is, 
do I have the infrastructure within me to, to protect myself as I'm facing all different kinds of germs? That's what the real issue is. Tonic water. Look, um, tonic water is very interesting. Um, quinine, which is in tonic, tonic water, there's a, quite a bit of literature showing that definitely uh, it has anti-malarial effects, which means it has antiviral effects. And there's quite a bit of literature showing if you have a little bit of tonic water and you have it with zinc, you're essentially supporting your immune system. Definitely, there's enough literature out there to support that. Someone said, I'm early today. Yes, I am. I'm not on Indian time, sorry. Does zinc work by itself? How well it enters a cell? Yeah, so this is a good question. If you notice, I don't have a bottle of zinc here, but if you go look at zinc, you will see that zinc is always connected to what's called a salt, zinc citrate, zinc aspartate, zinc picolinate, uh, zinc orotate. So depending on what it's bound to, it has higher bioavailability to enter the cell, okay? So you can read a little, now some people claim zinc orotate is one of the most highly bioavailable, uh, um, one of the most highly bioavailable uh, forms of zinc. Um, but the research is constantly changing on this, but you have to, uh, so now zinc orotate, I believe they did it so you only have to get it by doctor prescription because of how well it works. The um, zinc picolinate, uh, zinc citrate, these uh, have all the, uh, some very good bioavailability properties. I think if people do a little bit of research, you can find out which is the most bioavailable form. Someone said the sound is now bad. Oh, audio is a bit low. Okay. Sorry about that. Is that better? Something just happened with the sound. Is sound okay for people on Instagram, I mean on Facebook, etc.? Something happened to the sound. What happened to the sound here? Anything happen? We're not sure what happened. Sound is muted. Okay. Did you do something to the sound, Michelle? All right, well, yeah, is that better? Okay, just hold it up a little bit, Michelle. We're almost done anyway. Just hold it up, get right there, because I think it's, okay, good. Sorry about that, guys. All right, so anyway, I wanna, we have a night event coming. We're gonna have people uh, coming in uh, different people talking, anyone from Massachusetts or anyone out there who has a small business that has suffered and wants to talk about it, please email me at vashiva at vashiva.com. V is in Victor, a Shiva at vashiva.com. And I want to, we're going to give each person about 15, 20 minutes to talk about it because we really want to uh, bring this out there. Okay. You may be covering up the mic, Michelle. So can you hold no it up worries. here? Okay. Okay. Thanks. All right, so that's, and in closing again, everyone remember uh, that uh, I am running for United States Senate. Please go to shivaforsenate.com. Let all of your friends know, if you're outside of Massachusetts, that you know that we're, this is our campaign, that, that we have an important opportunity here to win truth, freedom, and health, and people should be supporting the campaign in whatever way they can. That's one thing people can do. Tell them to go to the website, pledge to vote for us, volunteer uh, to support the campaign. And obviously when you donate to our campaign, unless other cam unlike other campaigns, we actually wanna educate you. Go to vashivaforsenate.com, uh, get the ebook system and revolution. You'll really understand the core principles of systems. Take advantage of your body, your system. If you're outside of 
the United States, you can literally go right to your body, your system. We made this also uh, because you cannot donate to a federal campaign if you're outside of the United States. And you can go right here, take advantage of this tool. It really helps you figure out how the alchemy of foods and exercises affects your uh, body. Do you sell Shiva hats? Yes, we do. Just literally go to the store. If it's not there, we'll be putting them up there. Or send me an email, bashiva at bashiva.com. If you want to see more stuff up there, we'll put it up there. Anyone in Massachusetts, please volunteer. Get your lawn signs and bumper stickers. You can pick them up anywhere. Anything. Pledge to vote. And pledge to vote. So anyone out there, please tell your friends to pledge to vote for us now. They can go right to Shiva for Senate. And if they go to the site, they can write along the side. It says, I vote for Shiva. And they can fill out our pledge form. And this means you're not voting for us, but you're pledging. You're saying, I'm on board with you. Okay? So if you're outside of Massachusetts, tell your friends inside Massachusetts to pledge to vote for us. Tell them to support the campaign. Tell And anyone out there in Mass inside Massachusetts or inside the United States, please support the campaign. Volunteer or get the ebook, Get System and Revolution. Ah, someone asked about Salajit. Okay? So... I can do a whole thing on Selagit. Selagit is a very interesting chemical that oozes out of rocks, you know, or it's, it's an earthen material, which has very, very interesting, it's a, it's a mineral, um, uh, I've used it, it's good for cleansing, lots of mineral nutrients, and we can do a whole uh, talk on it. How many of you would like to see me do a whole thing on Selagit? Anyone? We can do a whole thing on Selagit. Shalajit. Okay. And we can do that. Uh, mountain sweat. Yep. That's another way of saying it. Mountain sweat. All right. All right, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Iduray. Be the light. Uh, get out there and live life. Let's get this uh, country out of lockdown mode. And but all let's remember this. We, could, we should make sure this never, ever occurs again. Part of me doing these educational scientific lectures is to beef up your your confidence that your immune system once you understand the immune system we can figure out how to boost it exactly let's do it that's what we want to do and this is not going to get come top down anymore we have to take responsibility for our health there's a lot of great knowledge the tool that i've created cytosol really helps us understand what's going on out there so if you want me to do different analysis let me know anyway thank you very much be well Goodbye, everyone, on um, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Be well.